Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The U.S. Market Update with Money FM 89.3. Good morning, folks. Here's a look at how markets are shaping up right now. And we've got a bit of red on the screen. We've got stocks down as we see the earnings season unfolding and treasury yields climbing to multi-year highs. So looking at benchmarks, we've got the Dow Jones Industrial Average falling over 300 points. That's down 1%. We've got the S&P 500 lower by 1.3% to 4,315. And the biggest loser overnight was the Nasdaq Composite dropping 1.6% to 13,314. For more insights, we are joined by Tim Murray. He is the Capital Market Strategist and Vice President at T. Rowe Price Associates. Good morning, Tim. How are you doing today? Good morning. Doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, great to have you on the show. So let's start first, Tim, with what's going on with the market sentiment. It does look like we're back in the red again. Yeah, we're in a difficult place uh, really for the past month and a half. We had a lot of positive news throughout the year, and that led to us moving from a lot of worries about recession to now saying, hey, we're not we're not going to have a recession. And we've seen the economic data confirm that. We've seen the earnings data confirm that. And that was a good thing for quite a while. But now we're turning to the recognition that, okay, that probably means that inflation is not going to get better um, very quickly, right? The silver lining of any recession would be that inflation would come down quickly. If we're not going to have a recession, then inflation is going uh, to be with us for a while. And so that means the Fed stays on hold um, and rates stay higher and uh, stocks uh, stocks struggle with that a little bit. And that's where we are right now. We're, we're kind of in this in between no recovery, but also no recession. And the big concern is inflation. And that's that's causing it to be red. Yeah, a lot of, um, I guess, confusion, noise or question marks at least being asked what's going on with the US economy. If you look at some of the recent data, for example, retail sales, better than expected. Some of the manufacturing data also more resilient than expected. So it does look like the economy is not doing too bad. Yeah, it's been a real surprise. And I think what has surprised everyone is that if you'd have said two years ago to anyone, hey, the Fed's going to hike rates to five and a half percent over the next couple of years, how do you think the economy is going to respond to that? Almost everyone would have said, well, it's going to go into recession. But that's not what's happened because we simply don't have Normally, when you get a Fed hiking cycle, it happens at the end of a long business expansion. In this case, we had a recession just just a few years ago because of COVID. And so as a result, you don't have really high leverage. Also, during COVID, you had consumers and corporations saving a lot of money. Um, You know, when you're when you're at home and you can't spend money, then uh, you end up saving whether you wanted to or not. So as a result, leverage was really low going into this Fed hiking cycle, and cash balances are really high. It's, it's interesting if you think about what the typical U.S. consumer looks like. The typical U.S. consumer is financed long and invested short. And so what I mean by that is most consumers' debt is in mortgages, right? Mm. And a 30-year fixed mortgage, and that's, that's you're only paying like 3 or 4% unless you just recently took it out. And then meanwhile, where, where are your savings? They're in a money market that's paying 5.5%. So 
kind of the Fed, the impact of the Fed hikes has been different than than almost everyone would have expected. It's been much more muted than than would have been expected. Yeah, more muted than expected so far. Would it mean the impact would be further down the road? Yeah, that's the big fear, I think. And that's what's that's even though the economic data has been surprising the upside, everybody's thinking about the, you know, the implications of higher for longer. You know, all the all these companies uh, that do have bonds uh, that are paying relative, they're they're paying relatively low interest rates, and you know eventually they're going to have to refinance uh, those bonds. Some people have floating rates, and they're starting to feel it more and more. So that's the big question: What's going to happen down the road? Are we going to see capex come down when companies have to take out loans at higher rates to do that capex? And at the same time. You know, a lot of the capex that we have been seeing in uh, in the economy over the last year has come from government stimulus, has come from mm-hmm. the CHIPS Act, uh, the IRA Act, and so as a result, kind of the government has filled that financing hole uh, that you would have seen from rates going up. Uh, so going forward, the financing is going to be more expensive, and the government uh, stimulus is going to uh, start to pay. So that that's the concern. Where are we in 2024, like late 2024, early 2025, I think is where the real concern is. Mm, well, in conversation with Tim Murray, he is the capital market strategist and vice president at T. Rowe Price Associates. Now, with high rates, and we are looking at a 10-year notes, now 16-year highs, what are the implications for asset allocation? Typically, when you have high rates, they mean headwinds for stocks. So what's going to be the table for the rest of the year? Yeah, it's probably a, a relatively difficult setup for stocks. That said, um, we're actually fairly neutral on stocks. We're a little bit of underweight stocks, but close to neutral. And the reason why is we do think you continue to see earnings improve. Earnings estimates uh, kind of bottomed there in, in March to May area, and now they're starting to pick up. So that should give support to the market as long as you see earnings going up. But yeah, the the higher rates is going to create a lot of doubts um, in the minds of investors. And so that could kind of keep a cap on it. Where we do see some opportunity, first of all, within within stocks, I think small cap offers uh, a very interesting opportunity because small caps really have have remained very cheap. When, when, when the rest of the market kind of bounced, uh, when the recession fears kind of faded, Small cap did, but they've given a bit of that back. The rates fears have been kind of felt more in small caps because a lot of the small cap companies have those floating rate have floating rate financing or have higher rates than than most other companies. So small caps offer a real good value right now. The problem is they they really won't pay off until you get that recovery until we get kind of the Fed the Fed cutting. So you may have to wait a while for small small caps to work, mm. but we do think the downside is is relatively limited because a lot of negative news is already priced in. But when you do get the recovery, they t- small caps typically outperform by a lot, and it could be by more than normal right now, uh, just given how cheap they are. Yeah, Tim, when you look at um, some of the cheap stuff out there, what comes to mind includes China. It's going through quite a tough time, um, mm-hmm. a sluggish economy, but you know, valuations are attractive. What's your mm-hmm. approach towards China? Yeah, we're actually not that constructive on China. We do have a slight overweight to emerging markets, but um, I think... That's one that uh, if we saw a nice bounce is one that we might be willing to trim simply because kind of the structural outlook for China just doesn't look that good. Um, I mean, I think we have to recognize that at this point, 
China is, is much more interested in common prosperity uh, than necessarily having companies with uh, really strong profit margins, right? So as a result, we think probably going – and at the same time, there is a lot of leverage that they, they, they want to take out of the economy. So, you know, what you saw throughout the 2000, you know, early 2000s and into the, the 2010s, you're probably not going to see a, see a repeat of that in China. It's probably more of a kind of slow grind for the Chinese economy going mm. forward. That's not great for Chinese stocks, we don't think. Yeah, we did see some better expected GDP numbers for third quarter. No, uh, I guess, um, tailwinds from potential stimulus, Tim? Yeah, I, I would think. I mean, I, I think you just have to recognize that they are going to do stimulus when they decide that it's needed. But it's just not going to be as aggressive as it used to be. Mm. Um, I think they recognize that there are some side effects to that that aren't great, and specifically as far as wealth inequality is concerned and as far as leverage is concerned. So you're just not going to see it quite to the degree that it that it has been in the past. Um, so you just have to lower your expectations a little bit. All right. I've been chatting with Tim Murray. He is the Capital Market Strategist and Vice President at T. Rowe Price Associates with a great overview of how markets are going and where to put your money in right now. Tim, it's been great chatting with you. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, great having you on. Now stay Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.